Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Yes, Jesus. Today we give you our lives again. We dedicate them afresh to you. We give you our futures. We give it all to you. You are the one that holds it all together. So many times we forget that. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus. You've been proven through all generations. We're so quick to trust what they say all around us. When you, for generations, your word has been proven and has stood when everything else has fallen. So Jesus, we look to you. We set our hearts on you today. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we're going to look at Matthew 6, and we're going to just, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to be going into in and out of the Word. We're going to be praying different parts. We're going to be worshiping in, in and out. So feel free to sit down, stand up, whatever you want to do. But Jesus is going to preach today from Matthew 6. You know, the Sermon on the Mount, it's an incredible passage. If you're going through the, um, the Bible thing that we're doing right now, we're looking at Matthew. And, you know, it's interesting because Jesus was the new Moses. Matthew brought Jesus, uh, the aspect of Jesus as the new Moses. And just like the, the, the first Moses came on the, on the um, uh, what mountain was that? Sinai, yes. Um, yeah, I read my Bible. <laughs> uh, you know, Jesus came, uh, you know, also and gave this sermon on a mountain. And he was that, the new Moses. And he was not bringing the book of the law. He wasn't doing away with that. He was bringing it further. He was dealing with the heart. And in this, this whole sermon, we're not going to go through the whole sermon on the mount. But this part just hit me and brought just such a sense of that God sees, God knows, and God cares. And we, we forget this so many times, especially when we look at these aspects that Jesus is teaching on. And he, he says here in Matthew 6, verse 1, he says, watch, he says, watch out. Do not do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others for... for <clears throat> You will lose the reward from your from your father in heaven. So he says, when you when you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and the streets to call attention to their acts of charity. He says, I tell you the truth, they've received all the reward they will ever get. But he says, when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private and your father who sees in heaven who sees everything will reward you so we see here and i and this is the thing i want us to see because our life is worship we we seem to think well i'll do a few songs and that's worship no your life is worship but what you do in secret god sees and so many times we're doing things for the approval of others, for the validation of others. And God's just saying, look, I'm enough. Just do it for me. And do it when no one else sees. Because most of the things in life, if we really re evaluate, the important things are in the secret place or in the place of insignificance. The place when everyone thinks, oh, this is boring and mundane. We're going to get into this here because... Um, he, he's talking about praying. And, and this is one of those areas that, you know, Jesus wants to really hit and say, like, it's so important. But it's not important that you pray out there like everyone wants you to pray. And because I can't pray the perfect prayers or because I didn't read my Bible enough, I, I don't feel worthy enough to go pray. All of these things that just come up and build up and, and, and all the whole time, God's like, in all these moments that we have that we could connect with him, that we could could pray we're gonna look at this we don't 
Because we're, we're guilt, we're under guilt, we're under shame, we're under all these things, not recognizing that God sees and God knows. And especially in the times when we don't want to pray. And we'll go into it. He says here, he says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. So what he's trying to say here is, that, does that mean every time we go, we have to get a, a room and close the closet door? No, he's, he's saying it's a very intimate, personal thing when we pray, when we connect with God. And we can do it anywhere. We can do it when we're in the car. We can do it when we're walking. It's, it, there's so many places. But it, he's like, shut yourself into him. Know that it's the audience of one. The one is listening. Who cares about everyone around you? Who cares if you said the prayer right or wrong? You know, I, I, I don't know how many times I've heard people say, I didn't want to pray because I didn't know how to pray, you know, right or pray good enough. I, I'm sorry, I hate that. Because... God is waiting to hear your voice. And just like a baby, you know, little Timothy's just doing little goos and gods now, right? And he just does little things. And, but, you know, he's looking at you, and you know he's just wanting to talk. And he's, you know, he'll say, and you're all excited. It's like it wasn't even a word. It was a grunt or it was a, and it was a, but God doesn't care. Mean what you say and say what you mean. And he's saying here, don't pray these long prayers that if, you know, so everyone can hear you and woo how good you are. You got your reward. Mean what you say and say what you mean and, and talk to God from your heart. And he says when you do that, when you come into that private place with him, he says, then your father who sees everything, everything will reward you. And, and one translation, or it says re reward you openly. And he, I know from my own life, so many things he has done. People are like, why, 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 why that favor? Why does that come to you? Because there's a lot of things done in secret, and my Heavenly Father likes to reward me openly. And it's between me and him. And you know what? The things he does to reward are so personal. There are things that he knows that's my heart's desire. He knows I wouldn't go out and get it because I don't have the money to go out and get it or I don't have this or it. But he just knows, and, and we've not even spoken it. And, like, God gets it to us somehow or some way. Or, But why? Because we're, we're not spending our energy chasing the dream. We're chasing him. And he says, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all these what? Things will be what? Taken away from you. No. Added to you. They'll follow you. Amen? It says, when you pray, verse 7, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask Him. And then he says here, pray like this. Our Father in heaven. So the, this is Jesus bringing something completely new in here. They didn't know God as a father. Jesus is saying this is the first, this is the opening. Uh, he, he opened the door and he said, no, it's about coming to a father now, everyone. It's not about coming to this angry God on the Mount, Mount Sinai that's going to, you know, and yeah, we need to fear God. I don't want to make him this wimpy little God that doesn't ever discipline or doesn't ever deal with us. But he does it in love. And he's a good father. And he says here, pray our father. And it says, may your name be kept holy. Or who, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So there is that holiness, that reverence for him. Even though he's a father, he is also. His name is great and he, and he is worthy to be praised. Then he says, may, may, may what? May your kingdom come soon, and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we're looking around at all the broken things in life, is that our hearts cry that, Heavenly Father, restore your kingdom. Bring back that which has been lost and stolen. 
Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many of you know there's no sickness in heaven? People who argue God wants to make you sick. Why would God use something he redeemed you from? It make, make Jesus' stripes on his backs absolutely useless. It's such a contradiction. He came to redeem us from those things. He came to, to draw us and, and, and restore those things that were lost. And he says, let, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread or the food that we need. Amen. He has daily bread for us today. How many asked for it today? Because it's not for tomorrow. It'll be stale tomorrow. It's for today. And guess what? If you didn't get it today, it's gone. Then there's, there's tomorrow's bread. But every day, he has daily bread for us. Amen? And it's sufficient for the day. It's sufficient. This is Jesus speaking. He doesn't lie. Start asking for your bread. I, I, I remember most days. Some days I forget. And we miss out. And then sometimes, you know, you come by and you're like, oh, you know what? You think about it. I, I didn't ask for my daily bread today. Yep. No wonder I'm lacking. No wonder I'm not. Because I didn't receive what he had for me for this day. And he says here, um, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. I love how he puts those two together. You know, there's, there's that sense of, um, you know, so many times we see, we're so easy to see the sin in someone else's life, right? It's so easy, especially when they're like you. you know, it really bugs you in them. Every, every parent seems to get a child they have to raise that's them. <laughs> and every, every parent is laughing as their children have to raise themselves. Because <laughs> you, you, you have to deal with that. And, and many times when you see it in someone else, you're quick to see it in them, but you don't look at it in yourself. But he says, forgive, you know, ask for that forgiveness as you forgive those. It's a freely you've received, freely give. And that gift of forgiveness, we need it more than ever before. People are letting stuff pile up. People are just, you see such anger and stuff. It's all bottled up, bottled up. It's like they, they're just, they have no place to just let that go. Just receive forgiveness. They're, they're driven by guilt. They're driven by shame. They're driven by so many different things. Chasing after all these things. Why? Because they just can't re simply receive forgiveness. That's a free gift. And, and then extend that forgiveness. Because there's another side of forgiveness. When you give it to, to others, it sets them free. And we're agents of, of bringing life and freedom and healing. And part of that is being able to forgive. And some things are really hard to forgive. Let's be honest. But Jesus did it. As we receive that forgiveness, we can give that forgiveness. It's a choice. Sometimes the feelings aren't there, but you have to just choose to forgive. And he says here, as we, as we do that, he forgives us. And if we don't do that, he can't forgive us. Then he says, and don't let us yield to temptation and keep us from being... Uh, rescue us from the evil one. So we have to understand that there's temptation and that there's evil lurking, trying to get us every single day. Every single day. It's not like we're like, oh, I got it today, right? It's like, yeah, you're going to crash and burn. Because that's what happens whenever we just get to that place where we think, no, we need to be in that place of... Don't let me yield to temptation. Rescue me from the evil one. Just be aware. And just let him be a part of your day. Like this whole prayer is inviting him into every part of our day. Every part of our life. This is an all-encompassing prayer. 
And then he ends it with, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are good. You are so good. Just, just open our hearts to him. Just draw on your Heavenly Father today. Don't come to spectate. Come to participate. Come to engage with your Heavenly Father. He, there's one audience here, and it's one who cares about the person beside you right now. You're here to connect with your Heavenly Father. You're here to allow Jesus to touch your heart by his Holy Spirit today to give you everything that you need. So Jesus, we th I ask that you would teach us how to pray this way, that you would teach us how to allow this in our life every day. give you all glory. All glory and honor, Frank. Give you all. All the glory. Thank you. Let's just give him glory today. He loves to hear your voice. Let him hear your voice.
ways have been proved through all generations so we give my all to him yes jesus give you all the honor thank you jesus We're going to continue to just let Jesus uh, minister to us through his word. We're going to go to verse 16, and he says, And when you fast, oh, don't say that word. <laughs> Fasting. I call it the Christian F word. No one likes it. <laughs> <clears throat> when you fast, did you notice he says when? not if and trust me if anyone hates fasting it's me i'm a foodie i love every meal you all know when i'm eating my meal that i'm eating i'm thinking about the next meal i'm going to eat that's how bad it is so when god tells me to give up food and i he gives me the grace to do it so there's grace to do it and he, and i've been able to do it but it's his grace so when you fast, he says, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disabled faces so people will admire them for their fasting. You're so holy, Lord. You fast. He says, I tell you the truth. That is, again, the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, anoint your head, wash your face, look nice and shiny and happy. And he says, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. Again, this is so personal. God's like, it doesn't matter if everyone else knows. He's not saying, you know, because I've had people that are like, oh, you know, it slips out that they're fasting. They're not saying it because, you know, they didn't eat a meal and they're like, no, I fast. Oh, you weren't supposed to know, and you know, and they could come under guilt for that. It's like, no, that's not what he's saying here. He's saying, don't walk around saying, I can't eat today because I'm fast, and you know, make it so obvious. But he's just saying, look, that's this thing between you and God, and it's very personal. And it's, God sees those things when you do that. And there's times you have to fast. There's times you need breakthroughs for certain things, and it's not coming any other way. That's a good time to fast. You know, another good time to fast is when your flesh is really weak and you're, there's a lot of folly in our flesh. And there's times it just gets out of control and it's like, you aren't getting any more food. You're going to pray more and you're going to eat less. And you know what? When you do, it breaks that. There's something that happens. It, fasting doesn't change God. It changes you. It helps us to be able to hear him sometimes, many times clearer. He's already been speaking, but it's like it fine-tunes the radio station, and you go like, you know, you know how it's kind of warbly, and you hear a bit, but and it's like comes in clear. And it, it, so he says, you know, your father who sees knows what you do in private, and, and your father who sees everything will reward you. Amen. Aren't you glad he rewards us? Or he's bribing you. No, it's a reward. <laughs> he rewards. What, why? Because he values what you do. He values it. It's not just something, oh, you know, just do it. No, he values that, and he rewards that. He's a good father. Then I, he says here, and then he goes on to the possessions. He's like, I'm going to touch all the buttons. I'm going to get into all the private areas. How many know money, money, money? Anyone have a bell in here? Does anyone carry bells anymore? Does anyone have a bell? 20, 100, that I can use to wave around? No one has a bell? Oh, thank you, Tina. Some... I'm not going to give it back to you, so... Freely you have received. Yes. So this, 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 Jesus starts dealing with this. And we're like, oh, money. So many things tied to money. 
And he just hits it on the head here. He says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them. Don't you just hate when the brand new car gets that rust spot? Come on. It's like, oh. And you just, these things start, you know, destroying things. And it's like, it's just annoying. But he's saying that's what's here. He says, store up your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves don't break in and steal. Because wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. It's, your treasure has to go there first. We seem to think, oh, you know, I'll give when, I, when I, you know, I'm in a place. No, you give your treasure first, your heart will go there. There are so many times, one thing that Sheila and I did from the very beginning of our marriage and we've stuck to it for the most part. I mean, there's the odd time you, you, you drift a bit, but we always come back to it. We've never made, well, I can't say never. We've endeavored to always make a decision not based on finances, but based on obedience to the Lord. N not on finances. And we've made some big decisions. We've made some big moves. We sold a business, had a successful cleaning business. We sold it in recession and moved to a city where I went to Bible school with a family of three and we had no money, but God wanted me. He was like, this is what the next steps I have for you. And he supernaturally provided for us for two years. I mean, I had to work. I didn't sit on the couch and do nothing. I did all kinds of different jobs, but he supernaturally provided above and beyond. But it was because we endeavored to honor him do what he wanted because with his vision comes provision that's where it comes it doesn't come from and we're, we're just such a self-made society and we're just it's and you gotta let god strip that off of you and come down to the bare bones of why am i doing what am i i'm doing if you've got prosperity but it doesn't have a purpose it's useless so great you got the great house you got the great this you got the great that and what Woohoo! Like, it, if it doesn't have a purpose, if it's not grounded in God and, and what He wants, you're not going to enjoy it, and you're not going to be able to enjoy it with those around you. You get possessive, you get all these different things, and it just, you can't enjoy it. But when God freely gives it to you, you can receive it, freely enjoy it, and then freely give it away. Hold on to everything loosely. Everything. You have to, because if you don't, it's going to really hurt when he pries your fingers off of it. It's a painful process, and he'll do it, because we've got to recognize everything has come from him, and it's for him. I'm a steward. I don't own a car. I'm a steward of that car, so I need to take good care of it. Why? Because God entrusted it to me. I'm a steward of the house that I'm in. I'm a steward of every dollar that he gives me. This comes down from him, but then I'm responsible to, first of all, put the right priorities. And the Bible says, honor the Lord with the first fruits of what? All of your increase. How do I do that? We do it by giving back to him. And we give to his house, the house that he's called us to, the storehouse. Why? Because we're a community where we can do much more than we can individually. There is no other community in the world globally the church is a powerful force that can be mobilized to do great things if everyone would freely receive and freely give he's not asking you to give everything he says a tenth that's where you start why and why a tenth because it's measurable it's something you can hold yourself to if you start there and he says look if you do that he says i dare you Prove me in this. It's the only scripture where he says he dares you. If you do this, I will do this. And we've held him to it over and over and over again. We've had seasons where there was very little coming in, and it was like, I pastored in Newfoundland. I made $100 sometimes a week when we planted the church. And I've got a family of five, a car payment, and a rent. And do you not think it squeaked when it came out of my pocket, that $10? I was like, 
And I'm like, no, I can't afford not to tithe. Why? Because it, that's my covenant. And, and, and another thing, I don't want to rob God. <laughs> I don't know about you, but robbing God's a pretty serious thing. And he does say, if I don't do that, I'm robbing him. I'm literally taking what's his that shouldn't, I shouldn't be touching. And how do I give that treasure? I give it by treasuring what God treasures. And when I do that, he lays up for me treasures in heaven. And there's times we've had to cash into our treasures in heaven account and make a withdrawal from the investment. Right, Trevor? Can do that. And in God, we can withdraw from that treasures in heaven account. He works with the other accounts down here. And that's okay. But moth and rust will destroy those. And <laughs> enjoy it while you have it. But, <laughs> but there's a better account. And he wants us to be able to live in that place of trusting him. And, and, and it takes you putting it on the line with him. And it, it literally means, like, there are times your heart just wants to stray, and it's like, no, I'm going to give. There's two times when it's hard to give. It's hard to give when you don't have money. It's hard to give when, when you make a ton of money. I remember we had a guy come into the church when he first came, and he was struggling financially. And within a few years, his tithe was 5000 and he would be like, oh, this is really hard to give. One time, one Sunday, he was like, he said that to me. And I'm like, you forgot where you came from. You forgot, like, God brought you to the place where you even have the ability to give a tenth, and it's that much. You forgot. Like, freely we receive, freely we give. Amen? And he says here, so wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So, you know, ask yourself, look at your checkbook. This is what we do. My wife and I, we evaluate our, our, our different things. I budget everything. I have everything. I know how much we spend going out. I know how much we spend on groceries. We budget it. We, we look. We and then we evaluate it at every month. Because if I'm like going crazy on food and going crazy on, and, and my giving to God or giving to others is, like we have to look at it. And so then I can say, no, no, this is what we need to, because our treasure needs to be in the right place. And, and when my treasure's in the right place, my heart will be in the right place. Amen? And, and, and when you do this, there's something that you come into with God because he unlocks things for you and he gets things to you. Like we, we haven't been able to go crazy on, on a salary, but God takes care of us far above and beyond in different ways and gives us things that we have to spend a lot of money for and we get it for nothing. We just bought our granddaughters. I've got five of them. We had seven grandchildren, so... That's expensive enough getting gifts, and my wife loves giving gifts, so we, I got to pray for really good deals because she's just always giving just because gifts, right? And uh, we're already buying for Christmas because when you see deals, well, we saw these fuzzy pajamas, I'm not going to get into them, but anyway, they're $40 each normally. We get them for $5 each. So something that would have cost 200 cost us 25 So he does that all the time with different things. So, you know, if I added up all that we're saving, probably is a salary. If, we're, if I did, the, I'm not going to do those numbers. Like, and then <laughs> Mike probably would. <laughs> but, um, but God takes care of us. And, and you can enjoy that when it, you do that in obedience. It's between you and him. You know, it's always like judges. Oh, you do it. It's like you you get the reward or you don't get the reward. It's whether you're obedient or not. And your God, the God who sees, knows. Doesn't matter whether you do it in secret or not. He he sees. He knows. 
Then he says here, um, your eye is the lamp of the body that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate the one and love the other. You will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and be enslaved to money. So he's, he's saying here, only one can be on the throne. And we know when we're in that place of where money's pulling us. You, you know. And it takes your loyalty away from God and your absolute devotion to God. And I'm like, when those priorities are out of whack, and God knows how to straighten those out. Amen? Not here trying to put guilt on you. It's like, no, I'm trying to get something to you. I, I truly am. Because it will unlock God's resources over your life. You won't be limited to your slave driving and the only way that you can get it. Because that's bondage. Absolute bondage. God has far more, and he goes into this, and he, he explains it to us more. He says, that's why I tell you, he says, don't worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and and, and drink and, or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food in your body? More than clothing? Look at the birds. Don't, they don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't they far more valuable to him? Or aren't you far more val valuable to him than they are? And, and then he says here... Um, I lost my spot. And if God cares, is 27? Oh, yeah. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? I love Jesus' probing questions. Did any of your worries give you anything? They don't. But yet we get consumed get consumed with all kinds of things. You know, we, we, we have a backyard where we've got this little canopy bed thing. We sit in and have our coffee in the morning and get to watch all the birds. God gave us a little sanctuary in the back our backyard. And uh, we just watch the birds and they just hang out and they're just, there's no worries. They're just singing and having a good time. You know that the richest man in the world can't feed all the birds for one day. can't. Yet God does it every day, no sweat. Takes care of them. They're just, they're taken care of. And we're like, we're stressing out. Like Pastor Sheila's message, you know. He's, he is a good father. He's, and we, sometimes we, we don't think he is. And then he says here, and why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Like, let's, let's be confident that God's just good and he's going to do good things. He's just good. And when we're in that place of just trusting him, living for him, and you know, sometimes it, it means us letting God do it. I used to be ugh, so materialistic. Like, I was the consumer in our household, most definitely. And my wife was the saver. And I always had to have the best. And I would just, at, at great expense, get those things. And we'd pay for it in other ways. And God had to really just show me, look, you don't just need my provision, but you need my wisdom to know how to manage what I give you. Because there's some things that he gives me that it doesn't take money to get it. 
it's given to me from favor. It's given to me from maybe a huge discount, and I get it a different way than I would have got it on my own. There's multiple different ways that he wants to get it to me. So it's being willing to lay that down and say, God, I know you're good and you can get it to me, but I'm not going to get it that way. There's this, these cabinets we liked in the Muskoka. Sheila and I go to all these rich stores and just walk around and like stuff. And we're like, wow, that'd be... And the, this one cabinet we've just always liked and we always wanted one in our house. And they're like five grand. I mean, it's a nice cabinet. And we're like, well, we're not going to... That's not going to ever be on the list. But God, it's just, it would be nice. And lo and behold, Kajiji. Someone's getting rid of this cabinet. We're like, we look at it, we're like, it was a burgundy color, which was ugly, but I can paint. And But the cabinet itself was exactly what we wanted. I was able to repaint it. We got it for $400. And it's solid wood. He said the shelves alone in it, because they're glass. He says his brother made it, and they were $300. He says, but he couldn't sell it. Uncle Gigi, no one wanted to buy it. But God, but we could have went out, God alone, we could have, you know, buy it, pay later. You know that deal? <laughs> Zero down. We could have done it. We could have made payments for 12 years. Right? But are we just said, God, you know what? You can take care of those things. And he does. And I just, I can go on and on and on. Multiple, multiple stories. Why? Because God is a good God. And when we are in covenant with him and we choose to put him first, he does all those other things. What's that? It's not our credit. No. Amen. It's not a debt because that debt is horrible. So let's go. So it says here, um, so don't worry, verse 31, about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? So don't say those things. Don't confess lack. Don't say, we can't afford this, we can't afford that. Don't, don't say it, just give it to God. Don't let those things come out of your mouth. He says instead, he says here, um, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness above all else and, and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. That's the priority here. Seek his kingdom. Seek to do things the right way. Seek to honor him. He will reward when you have to do things in the secret place and, and you're like, what do I do? One year, two of our kids decided to get married in one, sum, one summer. They jumped this on us, you know. It wasn't like we had years of planning, you know. And we wanted to bless them for their marriage and do it, you know, a big financial. We wanted to give at least 10 grand, five grand each to minimum. We didn't have that. We didn't have time to save up for that. And I was going to go and get an extra job or do something. And God says, no, this is the year I want you to fast and pray more. This is needed. You need to do this. Calls me to go fast and pray and do, do this. And I'm like, you know what? By the end of that year, he had taken care of that. And multiple, I can, can't tell you all that. I didn't rob a bank. Okay? I didn't steal anything from it. He just multiple ways was able to open up and, and get that to us. Because your job is not your source. God is your source. Your job is one aspect. But there is favor from God that can get you what money can't get you. And favor can give you far more than what money can give you in many situations. But yield it to him. Trust him with those things. Because he promises if you seek his kingdom and his righteousness and do those things right, everything else will be added to you. So don't worry about tomorrow. Verse 34. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Amen. 
And we learned that in COVID, I hope. It was like, I, I can't even think about the future. I just have to get through today because everything's so topsy-turvy. All my pastor friends who had five-year plans, it was like, everything's like, what do you, what? we're just going to get through next week and like still be serving God and hopefully encouraging everyone else to keep serving God. Like it just got to that point and it was like, and it, it, I think that was a good thing because God got us to a place of dependence on him for everything. And I don't want to lose that. Amen. So let's just, as we come into this place, we're just going to just, just declare his goodness and his love. This is just a simple um, song that we do, but it, it just is just declaring your love for God and just his goodness. And don't have words up there because it, it's very repetitive. You can just, but I want you to just give him everything again and just trust him with your life. If you've carried different things and you've made money your master, the only way you can get rid of that is from being your master is you have to put it in its right place. So then you say, God, I'm going to honor you first with what's yours. That's the start. I'm going to get my heart right and I'm going to do that first. I'm going to trust you again. I'm not going to take things into my own life. And then draw on his goodness. And he says, prove me in this. Prove me. So put those things before him and he will show himself in those areas. But allow him to do that. And we're going to just draw on his goodness right now. And I want you to just open your heart to him. Forget about the person beside you. Again, this is just an audience of one. God, you're so good. we trust you with everything. You are good, you are good, you are so, so good. You are good, you are good, you are so, so good. You are good, you are good, you are so, so good to me. You are love. So good, you are good, you 
just reach out to him. He is the healer. He, every good and perfect gift comes from him. Right now, I speak healing and life to those who need healing right now. Right now, in Jesus' name, I thank you. I thank you that by your stripes, Jesus, they were healed. And I speak healing and life over each person. In Jesus' name, receive that in your body. Receive it. He is good. He is not withholding that from you. He is good. He is good. He is a good Father. He gives good gifts. Thank you, God. You're so good. Yes, you're good. You are good. You are good. You are so, so good. You are good. You are good. You are so, so good. You are good, you are good, you are so, so good to me. Yes, you are. You are good. You are good, you are good, you are so, so good. You are good, you are good, you are so, so good. You are good, you are good, you are so, so Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.